episode of the Locked In Sports Podcast. I'm William Locke, and joining me today is Mr. Luis Barranco. Luis, how you doing? I'm thankful to be back here on the podcast. I'd like to give a special shout out and thank you to Mr. Locke for allowing me to return for a third season of the MLB Podcast Edition. I was just thinking, we were in season three, man. How's that going? Season, season yeah, season. I, so it was, I thought we started maybe mid-season 2021. I think we were like, hey, we should start doing baseball in 2021. And then I, well, I did the, and we did some baseball pods then, and then I did the Yankee pods weekly in 2021. And That's, then, 20, yeah, 2022, I think, yeah, you're right, was our first full season. So I think you're right. This is our third full season of covering MLB on the pod. That's freaking crazy to think about. In 2021, if you go think about it, our World Series champion was the Atlanta Braves. Yes. They were. That was a crazy. Twenty two was the Astros. Twenty twenty three was the uh, the Rangers. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about it. You know, I mean, we were talking about it the other day, baseball related. Um, I'm getting, I'm getting that itch. I'm getting that itch. Um, actually, the funny thing is, and we'll have this to talk about for the next pod. Um, might as well just start the pod off with this, like sort of like an interlude. Um, I know Chicago's cold. We don't need to talk about the weather. It's cold. We had a tornado warning here in Miami right over my apartment this morning, which is pretty nutty. Uh, yeah. Other than that, it's been right. But uh, um, I, I'm getting that itch. Uh, spring training opens tomorrow. Did you know that? Really? Pitchers and catchers? Is it the Dodgers pitchers and Dodgers, catchers? Dodgers report. Dodgers and – yeah, Dodgers report tomorrow. That's why they're doing the whole Mookie. They're doing, like, the whole fanfare because they open up tomorrow because they start, like, a whole week before – the rest of them will be because they're going to Korea or Korea, Korea. I think it's like March 20th. Yeah. They're opening days way before everybody else this year. Yeah. So they're doing that, but um, the Caribbean, like the winter league baseball is actually ending. Um, I was actually, um, I'm actually going tonight at eight 30. I'm going to a Caribbean uh, world series game tonight. Yeah. I told you. I, I know you said you were going, but I didn't know it was tonight. I it's thought it was tonight. like it's a triple header. It's a triple header. So pretty much, um, so for the listeners that don't know how the Caribbean World Series works, it's essentially it's pretty much if you're into soccer, it's pretty much like the Champions League for baseball mm-hmm. of the Caribbean. So Mexico's champion, Dominican Republic's champion, Curacao's champion, Puerto Rico's champion, um, Venezuela's champion. Like it's eight nations that have champions go and compete for a week here in Miami. Well, it's in Miami this year and they go and compete to see who is the best team in Latin America, Caribbean. So right now, tonight, I think today's the last night of the group stage, I believe. Um, What's up? Who are you going to see play tonight? I'm actually going seeing one of the, so this, so, Right now, so let me to get it correct. The participating teams are Panama, Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, um, Venezuela, Honduras, and Curacao. There's a lot of MLB talent and a lot of ex-MLB talent mm-hmm. coming up. So tonight I get to see uh, Mexico's team, the Mexican champ versus the Dominican Republic champ. And Dominican Republic is just loaded with talent. Like, it is just absolutely like crazy how many like 
guys go play in the Dominican for the winter leagues. Like right, not not a lot of them left because they have to go back and start reporting. They go to Florida getting their spring training ready. But um, the team that's playing for the Dominican is the Tigres del Licey. That's like the equivalent of the Yankees of Dominican Republic. They pretty much just win every year. They have the little L, L blue. It's like Dodger blue and Yankee white with the L and cursive. They're pretty. They're pretty good. A lot of ex MLB talent is there. Um, for example, Puerto Rico, the team representing us from Caguas, was north side of the island. Yadier Molina is the manager, so he's starting off his managing career. Um, Venezuela is the Tiburones de Guarilla, no Guiara, sorry, uh, which is the Sharks of the city Guiara, and Ozzy Guillen for White oh Sox enthusiasts is managing. Like I said. A lot of talent. Um, they're playing all the way till the seventh, and then they start a knockout stage. So currently, Panama is in first place. They have a eight run plus eight run differential. It's if it would end today, Panama, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico would be qualifying for the semifinals this weekend. So that'll be fun. You get to see some some live baseball in in February. Uh, what time? What time does the game start? 8:30. I oh, mean but 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 it's but the thing it's 8:30 but with the caveat that um like there's a bunch of games today. So it's like back to back to back. So it'll probably start a little bit later because Puerto Rico is playing Venezuela which should be a barn burner. Um Puerto Rico actually they played last night. I was watching the game Puerto Rico Dominican Republic. Uh yeah, Dominican Republic actually beat Puerto Rico 5 to 2. Puerto Rico before that was uh undefeated. So, I mean, it's good baseball. Um, for example, the current roster right now, but I mean, let me give you some some names who, who's playing because I, I was looking. I didn't, I, uh, there weren't a, a ton. I saw uh, Jorge Bonifacio playing for the, the Dominican team. Or that was, tw- no, that's not updated. 2024 what? Caribbean Series, Dominican Republic roster. Here we go. Here we go. 20, we mean 2024, man. We need to see these 2024 rosters. So this is the Dominican Republic. They have Fernando Abad. He's playing. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's uh, Jorge Alfaro. Okay. Uh, Vidal Brujan. Rob, Robinson Cano still playing ball out there. Emilio Bonifacio. Uh, and yeah, those are kind of the, the main names. Oh, you're gonna love. Wait, wait, wait. This is the Venezuela team. Okay, okay. You know a lot of these guys. Will, uh, Willie Tovar. Okay. You know him? Who do yeah. we play for? Who do we play for? Come on. Who does he play for now? Yes, come on. It's easy. Uh, Dead franchise out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know. Mets? No, they're not in the middle of nowhere. The, the Rockies. Oh. They got is- okay. Yasiel Puig. Yeah, that's right. I saw him on. Adubo Herrera. Then they got uh, then Puerto Rico has Nelson Velasquez, aka uh, he he was a Cubs outfielder. Henry Ramos. There's some there's some talent on these teams. That's what I'm saying. It's like the rosters aren't bad. Um, last night I'm trying to see who the Dominican because the Dominican roster is like stacked. Of course it's going to be stacked. So Dominican has Emilio Bonifacio, Robinson yeah. Cano. Uh, I just, I just, I just read you the the Dominican roster. 
Didn't you say Robinson Cano, did you? Yeah, I did. Still playing. Mm. Just said that. Well, right, let's get in. Let, 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 yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, I'm, I'm jealous you get to watch live baseball in February in Miami. Can't, oh. We don't have that luxury here. In, in I'll take some pictures and I'll send it to you. Thank at you. A depot. I'm sure it'll be hopping more than, more than the Marlins games as Luis leaves. Uh, but today's pod slash live stream is going to be the wheel of baseball. So, you know, instead of going through the rundown like we normally do, we have a wheel that we've that we've created. Uh, and, and basically, we're going to spin it and it's going to land on a topic that we have uh, prepared for today. And, and, and we'll discuss. There's been a lot that's been going on recently. Some really interesting news this week. Uh, some interesting comments from from various players. A uh, couple trades, couple uh, you know ownership moves, managerial moves, um, and, and we're going to talk about all of it here on the the podcast today, the stream today. So, uh, without further ado, you you want to get it going, Luis? I have the wheel here on my computer. Um, go go forth, spin that wheel like Vanna. Uh, I was going to say Vanna White, but Vanna White just taps the the buttons. Yeah, she just taps them. Okay. Yeah, so, what, 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 what type of vibe are we going for? We're we going Wheel of Fortune vibes, or we're we going, uh, what should we call it? Bob Barker vibes. Price is right when you're spinning it to get yeah. close to the dollar. Bob Barker, price is right, more like that. Not, not, not the Drew Carey version. Drew Carey version is sort of mid. I love yeah. Drew Carey, like, but, it, but it's, it's not Bob Barker. That man hit different. Pause. Not the same. Yeah. So, the first topic we have, and this is, this is probably the biggest story. Uh, of the week, I don't know if you could hear the we- the wheel spinning, but it was spinning. Uh, I-, I don't know if it picked I don't up. Know. I, don't know I don't know if you it picked up on the audio. I don't. Uh, I, don't I don't know. You might be doing some bandulu wheels. I don't know. Some of these <laughs> like I-, I can't. I don't know how to trust it. What if you're just setting me up for some answers to get canceled, like Shane Gillis back in the a couple of years ago? <laughs> no, uh, I did spin it, and, and the first topic is the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles were the most active team. Uh, this past week, where you know, both because they had an ownership change, very surprising ownership change, and they made a huge trade like the day after they made said ownership change. So, the Orioles they officially announced the sale uh, of the franchise on Wednesday for 1.7 billion dollars uh, to a group led by David Rubenstein, who is a Baltimore native. Uh, he founded a private equity firm called the Carlisle Group. Um, they you know the conditions of the of the deal include that the Rubenstein group will will initially purchase about 40% of the club and then the group will then have the option to gain full control when uh Peter Angelos the current owner uh when he passes away and he's 94 years old so uh that kind of I mean, he you know he's older um so when when he passes away the the Rubenstein group will get 100% control of the Orioles the deal includes uh, includes Masson, which is uh, the the TV network that they broadcast all of their games on. Uh, that comes with, uh, or that they, they broadcast that they share that with the Nationals, uh, and, and uh, a lot of people expect Rubenstein and his group to to sell that network uh, to Ted Leon- Leonosis, who owns yeah. Capitals, yeah. Wizards, and Mystics in Washington. So. Very surprising news out of Baltimore. Uh, I believe this happened on Tuesday or sorry, Wednesday. Um, Peter Angelos, the Angelos family did some good in Baltimore, specifically building Camden Yards, but not necessarily uh, beloved in, in Baltimore to say the least. And I think if you're an Orioles fan, you got to be hyped about this, about this new ownership group. Hey man, I'm just going to keep it real. Like 
how much would I wish that I hit on like, and sorry, I'm getting a little off topic. I hit on freaking GameStop or AMC and have 1.7 billion to buy some ownership state in the Orioles. Cause like, think about it. When, when teams go up for sale, there's usually some sort of like overlying issue why they're going for sale. If it's either funding such as, you know, a funding issue, a stadium issue, or like there's so many issues on why teams goes up for sale. Let's look at the sales, the most recent sales, Oakland Athletics. The Oakland A is wide because they didn't have funding for a stadium. So they ended up selling a percentage for that to go to Vegas. And that's still up in the air, but that's a reason why they they sold shares. What other teams got sold recently? Oh, let's think about it. The Chicago Cubs, there was some sort of, and you can speak more about this, but there was some ownership issues when they got sold and look, how much more funding they got and created Wrigley. Mm-hmm. What other sales? Hmm, let's go think about it. Texas got bought. They got a new stadium. So it's very rare that you see a contending ball club. And this could be a future podcast we can talk about. A contending ball club, which one has a very, um, very competitive roster. Very, very competitive roster right now. And that's even before the trade we're going to talk about later. Two, has the best farm system right now. It's for the first time, I think it's the first time ever, or for the first time, and I don't know, God knows when, um, that um, the Baltimore Orioles, their farm system has the number one rated overall prospect in America. Jackson Holiday, Adley Rushman, and I can't remember the third one. Colton Cowser, Jared Mayo. No, but before that. Before, no, before that. It was Rushman, it's Holiday, Rushman, and I think it was Gunner. That's who it was, Henderson. Mm-hmm. So three years in a row, they have a productive roster, they have stability, and they went up for sale. So, I mean, you got to be excited. I feel like it'll be, they might, they've shown that they're going to open up the wallet. So, hey, I mean, if I'm an Orioles fan, I am so happy. I don't have to drink and be crazy about losing the Ravens, you know, because of the Ravens loss. So, this is kind of, kind of a good, you know, medication to get through the baseball season. Cause now I don't want to, you just want to rip the mandate off now. Well, can we, can we just talk about how the $1.7 billion valuation for the Orioles was a little bit lower than industry experts expected. Uh, it, it was a bit of a surprise for a lot of people around the league to see them go for so cheap. And that kind of raised the question, okay, why would the managing partner, John Angelos, why would he sell the team now? And there were a few reasons that uh, Ken Rosenthal listed in his article in The Athletic. Uh, one, you hit on uh, the final terms of the Orioles' new stadium lease uh, in Camden Yards. You know, that's – or sorry, um, Camden Yards. That's, you know, their stadium. Uh, the O's, they reached an agreement with the state of Maryland on a new long-term lease for Camden Yards just over six weeks ago. Uh, that includes $600 million in public funds for, for ballpark upgrades and potential de- development rights around the ballpark itself. Uh, and Angelos, the managing partner, he wanted to develop the area around the stadium, similar to kind of how the battery uh, in Atlanta uh, did it around Brace Park, similar to how the Cubs did it around Wrigley. Uh, and he did not get those rights to develop around the stadium. Um, the, you know, the main issue being the land around Camden Yards is not, you know, it doesn't exist to do something like that. There's not much. Cause it's like, have you been up there? Yeah, I've been to Camden Yards. Yeah, yeah. so I, I haven't been to Camden Yards, but as they were to the outside when I did summer camp in Baltimore back in uh, 2015 or 2014, the summer of 2015, 2014. 
And the thing about it is, is like if you think about it, it has great public transport, but right next door you have a the Hilton, and then next door to the stadium on the other side you have MT Bank. So there's not. It's going to be really hard for you just to like rip away all that parking away from M M&T and T mm-hmm. Bank. Mm-hmm. And the other point I was going to make, it's like you got to think about it. Baltimore is a tough market to sell. Like, yeah, it, it has good fans, but like think about like you're going into territory with DC Sports. You also have Philly right across. So it's a really like tough marketing marketing like area. It's not like, for example, a Chicago where Chicago, if there's no team in Milwaukee, you own all of Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, you own a bunch of states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like it's Braves a- country too. Braves country is another perfect example. Atlanta, you dominate pretty much the Southeast corridor all the way down to Tampa and all the way up to St. Louis. Same with the the Cardinals. They have their territory in, in their in Missouri. Uh, so yeah, it, the stadium was part of an issue. He didn't get the, those rights to develop the area around it. Uh, cash flow issues. So there's a bill. Uh, there's been a long dispute with Masson, um, and they've been having to pay the, the Nationals money uh, in the bill for the Orioles in their long in their years long dispute with the Nats over the TV rights. That's coming soon. It's going to be a lot of money, like a hundred million dollars plus that they have to pay. Uh, and the Angelos family wanted to become more liquid, obviously, to help you know. Uh, fund said payment and, and who, who, does, who doesn't want who doesn't want to become more liquid these days? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who doesn't want cash these days with how our markets are going? I don't, I don't want to go off BVA, but with how our finance and everything, who doesn't want to have just a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars laying around in a corner? You know, boom, smash the you know, smash the smash the freaking wall and pull out the money type of vibes like from fast and furious you remember that where he comes with the jackhammer and just boom smash the hammer and pull the money who doesn't want not, more not money? a fast and furious i'm not a fast and furious guy i i think i've seen like one maybe which one i don't know i can't tell you there's too many of them there's 10 yeah that's ridiculous that's a cat williams debate so that's ridiculous yeah um, <laughs> So anyway, they they actually sold off like a they own like a building downtown. They sold that as well. And then they sold the team. And then there's also various family issues um, that you know led to the sale as well. So um, just to compare, like the Marlins, they went for 1.2 billion in 2017, and the Royals went for a billion in 2019. Uh, so 1.7, like five years later, um, kind of an interesting sale. Uh, I feel like they could have gotten more, but he kind of just the Angelos family kind of just wanted the cash and they took it now. Uh, they did buy the team in 1993 for 173 million dollars, so they made quite the profit uh, on the Orioles. Um, obviously, the the valuation of these sports teams over the past 20 years has just skyrocketed across all leagues. Um, so yeah, good news if you're an Orioles fan. Um, team is sold to the Rubenstein Group, and be very curious to see what they do with the team, considering they have so much talent, so much young talent uh, on the roster right now, and. The Angelos family, you know, they said, I think it was last offseason that um, they don't know how they're going to be able to pay all of these young guys and they might not, they probably won't. Well, you know, you know how you do it? Because how do you, you do it? You pick up the phone, you call Alex Anthropoulos. Yep, I, I knew you were going to go there. And hand the bag. If not, you call Mr. Biden up in the office, ask for a presidential bailout, how they bail out many companies. On uh, when they're about to go broke, just bad, you know, like we bailed out a GM back when they've been bankrupt. Just, just, yeah. just give, them, give them a bailout, you know. I'm just saying, this is really good for baseball. 
I feel like the AL East is going to be must-watch television. It's oh, yeah. like whenever the AL East teams are going to play, like regardless, Toronto didn't do much. And, I mean, Boston, yeah, they got a little worse and a little good. At the same time, they're still going to be palatable to watch. It's just Boston is what I guarantee you. It's that, you know, it's that chicken press without seasoning. That's what you're going to be watching. Like it's good for you. And it's and it's good, but at the same time, it's like I need a little bit more spice in my life, you know? Yeah. I mean, but you have you have the Blue Jays, who I know you said that they didn't do a ton of offseason, but I still think they're gonna be really good. They have a lot of talent on that roster. Vlad is actually the cover of MLB the show this year. Um that's yeah, that's kind of I don't know. I don't agree with that. MLB MLB the show's just going for 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 clicks. She's going for the for the click baiters. Like they had jazz last year. Yeah. yeah. Hey, next year we're gonna have Snellzilla on the cover. Uh, and then you have obviously the Yankees who are gonna be good, and the Orioles, um, and, and the Rays who we'll see. You know they have some issues going on with that organization right now uh, with their star player. We'll see how they turn out this year. But you have you know three key players in the in the Blue Jays, the Orioles, and the Yankees who I think all three of those teams have World Series aspirations. So it's gonna be a really fun division to watch. And we can talk about the trade that happened. Uh, on Thursday, the day after the Orioles got sold to to the new okay. group. Let me ask you down. Let me ask you the question: Where were you when the trade happened? I was at it home was, working. I was at home was, working. I believe it was Thursday night at around six o'clock, six thirty your time. Yeah, actually, no bullshit. Sorry, it was around six thirty, seven o'clock your time. Yeah, I think okay. I was at home. I don't think I was working. I think I was making dinner, eating dinner. Yeah, I don't know why. So why does it matter where I was when it happened? Because I literally was pulling up to my apartment complex, and I was about to go into the car garage where my signal goes dead, and I almost put my car through the elevator because I saw the trade, and I was like, we have been saying this for how many months? I wish you freaking clipped it and put it up because we have been saying it's like the biggest non-secret, non-secret. Yeah. I know that's a double negative, but it's just like out of all the MLB contending teams, who did not have an ace? The Orioles. Who had the biggest war chest of prospects? Baltimore, of course. Baltimore. So it, it was just a match made in heaven. It was yeah. just it's 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 you know. It's uh, it was such a beautiful you know relationship. It's like Bonnie and Clyde. You know? <laughs> I know, and I wish I did post the clip on on our uh, Instagram page because I had it saved, clipped up, and I just didn't post it from like last July when you were calling for the Orioles to trade for Corbin Burns. Uh, the official trade: the Orioles get Corbin Burns, like I said, uh, star right-handed pitcher. The Brewers get left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, former top prospect. Joey Ortiz, who's a top 100 prospect and an infielder, and a 2024 competitive balance round A pick, which is going to be number 34 overall in next year's MLB draft. Wait, come out. How do they get that pick? Because I'm confused now. Who do they lose yeah. in free agency? That is the pick that the Brewers would have lost. Oh, sorry. No, no, no I misspoke. Baltimore. I don't know. Who, I don't know who Baltimore lost in free agency that got that that they were able to pick up. Flaherty, Flaherty, because for, for listeners, these competitive balance picks are picks that go to the um they go to the respective teams um when they lose like a star player. For example, if the um 
if the Yankees would have signed Shohei Otani, who signed his qual no Shohei didn't sign his qualifying offer, right? No, no. It goes to players that sign their qualifying offers and that are a certain X amount. I don't know what's the metric, but you sign them, and it's going to basically give a draft pick to the team that lost that player at the end of the first round. And it's basically done just to keep, you know, parity in the league. It's, it's to help out these small market teams that can't afford to pay the big guys. Like, for example, the, 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 the Brewers – would have gotten a competitive balance pick had they lost Burns in free agency after next season because he only has one year left on his deal until he's a free agent after next season. So this is a bit of a rental for the Orioles, um, considering you know Burns is represented by Scott Boris. You would expect him to to test free agency next offseason. You mean you 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 mean he's going to be with you know he's going to be at home in wherever he lives, Arizona or Florida, till about March till he shows up to spring training. Probably he'll probably be unsigned at this point next year. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, I mean, but he is, you know, it, it might only be for one season, but he is an absolute workhorse. Uh, and he's, he's kind of one of those guys, you know, how we talk about like those, I don't know what the number is. Maybe we can create a list of like 10 to 15 guys that are frontline starters, the elite of the elite that can actually make a difference you know, in your rotation as the number one guy. Just to, to break down some stats, since among qualifying starters, uh, qualified starters since 2020, starting pitchers, uh, he's second in Fangraphs War, 17.9, fifth in the RA, 2.86, third in FIP, 2.84, fielding independent pitching, fifth in innings pitch, 622.1, and seventh in strikeout rate, uh, 11.06 strikeouts per nine innings. He is one of these game-changing pitchers, and he is going to be slotted into a rotation with Kyle Bradish, um, John Means coming back next year, Grayson Rodriguez, who started out rocky as a rookie last year but finished the season really strong. He makes this rotation kind of go from middle of the pack to top five to ten rotations uh, in the league, and we're going to have to start talking about this rotation as a serious threat to, uh, you know, alongside their young talent to help carry this team to what they will, what they want in that's the title. Yeah. And I just put up a stat for you to read. Um, people don't casuals don't know who Kyle Bradish is and Grayson Rodriguez. People, people know Grayson cause he's been like, he has the pedigree of being one of their top guys, but in Kyle Bradish's final 19 starts of the 2023 season, he had a 2.18 ERA, mm-hmm. 2.18 ERA and Grayson in his final 12 had a 2.26 in his final 12. So you already got you 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 got your front three for the playoffs right there. You're, you're you're putting out Corbin as your one, Grayson as your two, and Bradish as your three. And for me, like I understand, and it's a rental move, it's a win now move. But like the return wasn't even that bad. They gave up DL Hall, and DL Hall has been up. You know he's been up into the system, in the in the majors, and Joey Ortiz. Uh, he's basically blocked because they have so many infielders in Baltimore. So it's really a very negligible return for Baltimore, one. And two, Baltimore's right now, their farm is just producing guys at such a talent. And from a Brewers perspective, you want to say like, oh, the return isn't that great. Well, you do have to remember he is a Boris client. There's a lot of innings on that arm. And then, you know, there's always been injury concerns that happened last year, three and four. You, you, you have to, this is like your final point to cash in because if you don't cash in now and say he flames out, like to start the first year, sort of like Dylan Cease, 
but in different scenarios, you've completely tainted your return and there's, you know, you can't, you're not gonna pay him the money. He's gonna take a big deal just to go. So that's kind of the whole deal. If for our casual listeners that don't know who Corbin Burns is, uh, this move reminds me of uh, Matthew Stafford getting traded to the Rams. Not in no that that Matthew Stafford was always a top, regarded as a top eight, top ten quarterback in the league, but never got the recognition because of where he played, and he doesn't have like that name value. So that's what kind of like that because you th- when you think about top pitchers in MLB, you're thinking Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, yeah. Max Scherzer, Degrom, um, Shohei Otani, uh, Clayton Kershaw, even though he's washed, um, <laughs> not, not in that way, but I mean he's not Clayton Kershaw like. Cy Young, yeah. Kershaw. yeah. Uh, that's six. And then who else am I missing? That's pretty much most of the guys that you'd have. Um, Strider. Yeah, but I don't think Cavs Reed. Yeah, Cavs. They, but they're like not guys like they're first. Yeah, thing, they're not, not on like a basis of like, oh yeah, that dude's a that dude's a killer. But yeah. nah. But those are the kind of like seven to eight guys, and you don't think about oh Corbin Burns. He's kind of like the ninth, ten guy who. Is better than half that list, but he's he's been pitching in Milwaukee, and you know Milwaukee's just Milwaukee baseball is just boring to watch. Just keeping the book, like yeah, it's, boring. It, it, it's boring. But like I said, good return. You know, if there's a team to fix DL Hall with his command, it's, yeah. it's them because they do a great job. And you know, doing that, you know, redoing like developing pitchers and developing guys, so. I'm pretty excited for what's going on. And, you know, the Brewers historically are a very good drafting team. They draft, they draft, they, they know how to draft in deeper in. Like, so, like I said, great teams by both teams. And if Baltimore loses him, it's not that big of a deal. They'll get a competitive balance pick behind it, and they'll yeah. retool, and they'll be able to pay somebody cheaper. And hopefully that Bradish and Grayson Rodriguez continue the upward trajectory. So, boom, they get the keys of the car. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the big thing for Milwaukee is they, they weren't going to re-sign him next offseason. He was, he was going to go gone. He's gone. The timeline Uh, doesn't fit. It's just like the timeline's over. I think that their last, you know, their last opening to win in that timeline was two years ago when they lost to the Dodgers and that timeline essentially shut the Dodgers are in Atlanta. And it's just like, as they were currently constructed, you know, they were built on pitching first. Corbin's a free agent. Woodruff's pretty much hurt right now. He's well, he's gone. They they yeah, uh, I know he's they gone. Not, they non tendered him. Yeah, he's gone. That's what I'm saying. They're not. They're not. They're not resigning him. He's gone. And then their problem has been hitting. And since they're a small market, they pretty much have so much money into Yelich, which now Yelich is stuck there, and he's not the same guy after injuries after that kneecap injury he had. Willie Adamas is next to go. And then they just have a bunch of just Devin. who he play for guys. Devin Williams probably they'll probably move him eventually too. But I yeah, and, and but the thing about it is, I think you can get more of a return for Devin. But the problem is, is like what contender needs a closer? And the only contender that needs a closer is the Dodgers. And if there's a team to yeah. do it, it would be the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. The late innings, because right now they're 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 uh, rumored with Kenley Jansen reunion, and Kenley Jansen is approaching Craig Kimbrell territory. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think like the Orioles, they all, or sorry, the Brewers, they also traded um, Hater a couple of years ago. 
so I think it makes sense to move Burns now. If if you move him at the deadline, the return's going to be even less than, than it is right now. And DL Hall, I mean, he's a, he's a former first round pick, uh, you know, yeah. top 100 guy. Never really panned out in Baltimore, but he's still super young. Uh, they they used him in the pen last year because he struggled with command. Um, but I expect him to to probably assume a starting role with the with the or, or sorry with the Brewers next season. And they think he, they can develop him into a quality starter. And I'm not going to write him off just yet. And then Ortiz, like you said, totally blocked in the infield. They have too many guys: Gunnar Henderson, Jackson Holiday coming up this year. There's no spot for him. No um, spot. Never. There's never going to be a spot for him unless something happens. Yeah, and he's, we're a not say. yeah. and he's a top 100 guy. Um, so, yeah. and, and, you know, he plays good defense, which they love in Milwaukee, their defensive. Oh, God. Uh, you know, better than average strikeout rate at the plate. Um, so he's going to play third with Willie Adams at short this year for, for Balt or sorry, I keep saying Baltimore for, for Milwaukee. Milwaukee. And then Milwaukee. second base, they're going to have Bryce Terang at second base. So when Adamas leaves after this year, I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to Terrain or Ortiz at shortstop. And it's actually not a bad infield that they have set up this year. And then they have uh, they Reese, yeah. for, they have Reese two years, 34, but he's a Boris client. Knowing him, he'll be back on the market next year, and we'll be talking about where he's going after he hits 30 or 40 bombs out, you know, hitting in the ballpark. Because yeah. he's, yeah. he's going to absolutely destroy those central parks. He's going to love hitting in Chicago, Cincy. Pittsburgh's not that bad of a park to hit in either. And, I mean, St. Louis is kind of okay. And Milwaukee, yeah, no, Milwaukee is a hard park to hit moms at. I expect him to have a good season, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't play at all last year because of that ACL. I think he's going to be rejuvenated for for the Brewers. And actually, you know, I kind of like what the Brewers have done this offseason, at least offensively. Um, but we'll see. They'll be they'll be eighty one and eighty one. They they won't be they won't be like awful. But I mean, there's a lot of things in transition out there. They'll be eighty one yeah. and eighty one. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. You got anything else on this trade before I move on to the next wheel spin? Nah, let's get it. All we right. got to spin these wheels faster. We spent like 20 minutes talking about that, this. Well, that was the big news. I'm spinning the wheel now. Again, I don't know if you can hear it, but boom. All right. Dollar Second general, topic. Dollar, dollar general wheel. Dollar general wheel. Jorge Polanco, Seattle Mariners and oh, Minnesota Twins oh, trade. Oh, oh this trade – I'll just go through it. Uh, big, I'll, big news. Big, big news. I don't think it's sure. big news. If, if you're Joe Seaman, you're, 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 you love this, but uh, I don't. Seattle got Jorge Polanco. He has a club option at 25. Then he becomes a free agent. He's the longest tenured twin. Um, Minnesota got Anthony Discaflani, aka call him Disco. J- Justin Tapa, a reliever, decent reliever. Gabriel Gonzalez, top 100 outfielder. In, um, in the prospect pipeline for 2024, Darren Brown. So, and they 20- got eight million. And they also got eight million dollars. Whoopty do that trade. That's that's not nothing. But it's just like you're gonna reinvest it. But it's just like okay. What side? What side do you want to touch on first? Mm, I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota is more of an interesting haul than. For Minnesota, I mean, yeah. you're pretty much you're pretty much you know. Putting band-aids with this trade. Discafani pretty much takes one of their starter spots for Kent Maeda. Justin Top is a decent, reliable bullpen on that they can probably flip at the deadline because they're not going anywhere. And wow. Gap- and then Gap- Are the Twins this year? No, nah, I'm not buying Twins stock. They didn't do anything. Wow. 
Wow. They got Carlos. Well, they signed Carlos Santana, but signing Carlos Santana is kind of like it's not a victory cigar. That's kind of a, a cigar you're smoking because you know you're going to be a mid-level team, and you're kind of like, oh, <laughs> if we're if we're good, great. We have Carlos Santana. Like he's good enough to be a playoff starter. But but it's like, oh, if we're not good, oh, cool. We have Carlos Santana. You could probably give us some prospects back. Well, it's it's a bad division. It's a bad division. Oh, it's and a bad division. They, they get hot. If they win 90 games, they can make the playoffs. The biggest thing for them and the reason they're not making any moves this offseason is because they don't have a broadcast rights deal for they're not winning. They're not winning. They're not winning that division. Let's stop. Let, let's stop putting that into the minds of twins fans. They're not winning. Well, we don't need to we don't need to step on our previews, which are still like a month or two away. But yeah, but I'm just saying they're not winning that division. They're not division. If you if you if you've listened to the podcast, you know. Who I am riding on for this division this year? I, I know who you are, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it again. They gotta listen to the. Listen to the you know, the three one three is what we're riding with this year. <laughs> um, but uh, but from a Seattle persona, like Minnesota, okay, you know you've got a lot of infielders. Again, you have Edward yeah. Julian, who's not that bad. Royce Lewis. I mean, Royce Lewis is kind of a, a enigma of a bat, in my opinion. He's kind of like one of those like spark bats. Like he's good, but he's one of those bats that when he's on, he kind of gets the whole lineup going. He's yeah. like the energy, energy type. We, we saw that in the playoffs last year. Correa, we all know who he is, and then Brooksley, who I personally am a fan of. So there's not a lot of you know space for Polanco. My thing is like Seattle. What is Seattle doing? Like Seattle is loves these like above average to like good bats. Like, they love them some Eugenio Suarez. Like, they love these guys that have, like, two or three good seasons and then show some sort of, like, decline or just some sort of just, like, middling. It's crazy. It's like you have Julio Rodriguez and you're ruining him his prime years. Because well, what, what, what protection are you putting next to him? But what did you expect them to do? Like, they were running out Colton Wong last year, who was struggling big. At second base? Second, but yes. If I was Seattle, I would have called up and got Reese Hoskins to give him that, that same deal that um, that he got, that they got from, uh, what's his name, that he got from Milwaukee and put him at first base. I don't have anybody at first base. They have Ty France. Ty France can play second. And Ty France wasn't even that good last year. Ty <laughs> came back to earth. Yeah, but I'm saying at second. They had Colton Wong last year. You played Ty France. Ty France at second base. He, no, played, he can play, or you can literally. There's so many better options at second base than getting Jorge Polanco. For what they're wow. doing, there's so many better options. You could have gotten. You could have gotten Whit Merrifield, who's not that bad. He. That's kind of like a classic. Oh, there's more guys that are open and free that that look better in free agency. But I think this is a this is a good trade for both sides, in my opinion. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't like it for Seattle. I'm just saying. What would you rather have, Whit Merrifield? For, from a Seattle perspective, what Merrifield or Polanco? I mean, what Merrifield's been falling off the past few seasons. I rather Polanco, have- Polanco, he battled injuries last year. He only played 80 games, but he's, he's been one of, you know, when playing Minnesota's more consistent bats. He's been with them since 2020, uh, sorry, 2014. Uh, 269 average in his career. You know, he's not going to hit a lot of home runs, although he did hit 33 in 2021. That was his career high. An all star in 2019. Like, he's a quality bat. 335 OBP last year. He uh, reeks. 115 OPS plus, which is above league average. Like he's he, not bad. I know he's not bad, but he reeks Eugenio Suarez to me. Okay. That's what I'm saying. He reeks Eugenio Suarez. Go look at Eugenio Suarez's player charts when he was with Cincy before he got dealt. Eugenio Suarez was one of the top seven to eight 
third basemen in Major League Baseball. He was on bad Reds teams, but the dude was just rake. And then he goes to Seattle and just absolutely starts sucking because I mean, you know, it yeah. happened. And it's just like it's just like my thing from Seattle is just like, what are you doing? Like you pretty much nuked your farm. They nuked their farm for Castillo. They really did nuke their farm. They nuked their farm for him. Yeah. Which is great, but at the same time, let's be honest. Looking back at it, revisionist history, it was down to Seattle and New York. And from what I heard was that the Yankees package was not good enough. And, and Cincinnati's not a team that, like, Cincinnati's a team that, that would have, like, that would hold him, you know, you hold him and you do that. So it's just like, you could have easily signed a pitcher in free agency because the contract that Castillo got, it's like top paid. You could have easily gotten somebody in free agency. They got so desperate. And this is one of the things I understand. And it happens. Teams get freaking desperate because they want to make the playoffs. They haven't seen winning baseball in such a long time that they just go do these brash moves and they pretty much nuke their plan. So now it's kind of like they're pretty much yeah. looking for diamonds and bargain bidding to put a lineup around Julio because right now they're looking at Julio, Mitch, Polanco, uh, Austin Mole is the catcher, right? Uh, Hanniger. They got Hanniger. They yeah, I said, yeah, I said Hanniger. The catcher is uh, Cal Raleigh. Cal, Cal Raleigh, four. They have Ty France, five. Who's shortstop? Uh, JP Crawford. Who's a defensive yeah. guy? So it's just like that. That, that off, offense is just not. I, I am not fearful of them. Their pitching is great. Their pitching is ridiculous. You're going to go in a playoff series with Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, and um, that Brian Wu and the other guy, Kirby. Kirby, George Kirby. Yeah, they have a probably top five in the game right now of the AL rotation. But the thing is, it's like. They gave up Seawald for peanuts. It, it it feels like they're it feels like they're the American League version of the Brewers. Last year's Brewers. I can buy that, and I would hate that because then Julio's it's inevitable. Julio's gonna move on. It's inevitable. We can we can clip it in a couple of years and we'll be looking back that Julio's gonna get traded to some team like Texas or go to the big market teams in New York. Well, okay, so you don't like it for the. For the I don't, it, and, and and for the twins, it's kind of like okay, you you're you're kind of in a tough spot. You got to move on from them, and it's just like you're cutting costs. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that they got eight million dollars uh, back to reinvest into the club this year. Oh, I think they will. Oh, oh, let's reinvest. What are we going to reinvest on? Donovan Solano, uh, you know, hey Carlos Santana. Yeah, let's 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 do that. Reinvest into Carlos Santana. When you're a small market team, the options are not at you know you're not going to be able to go out and spend two hundred million dollars on Cody Bellinger. You got to work hey, around the edges. Put the eight million into freaking scouting department. Go build yourself a good scouting department and and build yourself a a, a raise esque department of development. That's just. Well, I think they I think they do. I mean, they have a good farm system that they've and they're developing a lot of guys that are coming up. Minnesota. Yeah, I think they should, and and they do. But I just think at this point, it's just like if you're gonna do that, just nuke the season. Just go ahead and freaking Why? nuke it. 
Why would you do that when they the division is wide open? Because they're not gonna they're not going anywhere. I would rather just nuke it now, get a higher draft pick, and get and get and you know and do it. Get rid of uh, Brian Buxton. Get rid of Correa. Get 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 value wow. for them now, because you're wow. not going anywhere. Okay, you, so you're rather, not going anywhere with the core. You're saying would you rather be mediocre right now? And like, because that's what they are. They're mediocre. Well, I think I think, and we're gonna see this a lot more with teams. They saw that the Diamondbacks made the World Series last year when they were pretty much mediocre all year, and they 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 see that okay, all we have to do is get into the playoffs, and we have a chance to make the World Series. The Phillies were in the wild card in 2022 and made the World Series. The the Diamondbacks, same thing this year. So. I don't know. I, I the Twins probably won't make the World Series considering they've lost so much from their starting rotation. Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, they lost Pagan in the pen. They lost um, well, those those are the main guys. I'm, I'm, oh, and they just lost Polanco, but they got a return for him. Like they're probably not going to make the World Series, but the ownership is and the front office is probably convincing themselves that they have a chance at making the World Series next year. I think that's I, I think that's what they're thinking. Just nuke the freaking system. And just wait for next, and just wait for next year's free agent class. Because if you start nuke, you nuke the system now. You get some some fringe level MLB talent that's that needs seasoning. You build a little core up. Next year's free agency class is going to be berserk. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Have, to you, have you seen Have you seen next year's free agent class? No. Oh man, I'm telling you right now, it's you. Garrett Cole has an opt out. Scherzer, Burns, Wheeler. Freed, Bieber, Bueller, Robbie Soto. Ray, out, Soto, Adon, uh, Bregman, Altuve, Gleiber, Goldschmidt, Pete, Hoskins. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's going to be ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. Just Verlander, Scherzer again, Bueller, Gleyber Torres, Shane Bieber, you already said, Clay Holmes. Max Kepler, yeah, it's a loaded free agent in the class. You're right. All right, let's move on to the next wheel spin. Again, the Dollar General wheel. Of All right, stop, stop, stop. Please stop, stop. Yeah, I think you just deafened the listeners. Here. <laughs> uh, moves we like and moves we don't like. We're each going to list one move recently that happened that we like. Recently? We don't like. Yeah, with, since the last podcast. Okay. I was thinking like in general. I didn't think it was, I was in, I was thinking in, in totality. Okay. Well, what, what was, you, you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah. Move that I like, uh, this one happened about a week ago, uh, was Mr. Hector Neres. He signed a one-year $9 million deal with the Chicago Cubs, comes with a $9 million, $9 million club option for the 2025 season, and invests into a player option for 2025 if Naris makes at least 60 appearances for the Cubs this year. Naris is coming off you know, the best season uh, of his decade-long MLB career in Houston. Yeah. He posted a 1.71 ERA, over 60, uh, 68.1 innings pitched, excellent 28.2% strikeout rate, uh, and some of the you know the best soft contact numbers um, of any pitcher in baseball. He's a little bit older, so this probably why he only went for a one-year nine million dollar deal. Uh, the fastball fastball velo did drop to ninety-three miles an hour in twenty twenty-three versus twenty-four point three in uh, the last nine seasons. He also walks a lot of guys, eleven point four percent walk rate, uh, which is the third time in the last four seasons his walk rate sat within the bottom twenty-third percentile of all pitchers. 
90% strand rate, which is great if you're a reliever, and a 219 batted ball in play as well. So stats are there, does walk a lot of guys. Um, but I think for the Cubs, and this is why I like to move to the Cubs, is he was a leader for the Astros, a locker room guy, a good reliever. The Cubs had a, a weaker bullpen last year. Now you slot him back there uh, with Adelbert Alize as their closer, and they also traded for Yancy Almonte uh, from the Dodgers. Slot him in there. Uh, he's going to be a key cog in their pen this year, uh, and you know if he if he pitches well, he'll earn the right to pitch for the Cubs again in 2025 with that uh, vesting option. Uh, so, you know, he turns 35 in June, uh, a little bit older uh, in terms of you know pitching wise. But the Cubs payroll currently 196.3 million dollars. They still have some room to go before they hit the 237 million dollar luxury tax luxury tax threshold. I like this move because the Cubs bolstered their pen. And it was a little bit weak. It was it was kind of their one of their weaknesses last season. So I think this move makes a lot of sense for the Cubs, and uh, I think I think it'll work. I think it'll work. For them. My also, move? Oh. sorry. Also, the Cubs brought back our guy Carl, uh, Carl Edwards Jr. on a minor league deal. I, I gotta get oh major league deal. Oh man, I love love me what the Rickets are doing, man. I gotta I gotta get up there to Wrigley to watch them pitch, man. I think that would make my year, just meeting Carl Edwards Jr. He was electric. World Series champion. World Series champion. I think we saw him in 2016, right? Uh, Labor Day 2016, yep. right? Versus the Giants, that game that we left early because we were like, bro, we got to get back to Indy. Yeah. Yeah. So It was, it was late. It, it was uh actually yeah. game. Anyway, all right. My so far, sorry, guys. I've been popping Altoids the whole time. I freaking love mitts. Um, got to pop these in. Okay. Uh, my my favorite move is um, Colt Keith signed a six year twenty eight million dollar deal. Interesting. With the Tigers. I enjoy this deal because the Tigers are actually now doing smart things. They actually now have a nucleus, a young core that I think is enviable in all MLB. It's just a matter of time. The Detroit Tigers are my Arizona Diamondbacks. William, and if you guys have been listening for a while, um. William, ever since we started doing the podcast, was always on, bro, Arizona. I'm like, bro, they're shit. Like, what are you talking about? They're awful. They're awful. And you're like, no, just watch Arizona. They're cooking something. Just just give patience. They're cooking. And lo and behold, two years later, look what we got now. But now the, the Tigers actually have a nucleus of Colt Keith at third. You got Javi, Javi down the middle. Who you Ooh, baby, Javi Hermes. Let's go. <laughs> Who you don't know who, what the hell is going to come out of him. He's the Russell Westbrook of baseball. Yes. Uh, Torkelson. Torkelson is, went really under the radar in the second half. If you yeah, were watching yeah. it, and like, there was some very promising signs. Like He might not be a, a guy that will hit for average, but he's going to be a 30, 40 home run guy if he gets, puts it all together. I would expect him to break out real soon. So you got your corners. Your shortstop, second baseman, really doesn't matter. Um, well, 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 they got they can play Colt Keith at second, and then they got Zach McKinstry at third as well. They can play him there. I don't think McKinstry's. Oh, McKinstry's listed as an outfielder here. Oh, either or, McKinstry. Okay, either or, McKinstry's solid. Uh, I don't think McKinstry's a starter on a playoff contender. He's more of a utility guy, first bat, second bat off the bench to play some defense and hit, and then yeah. the outfield. They picked up Mark Canna. Yep. He's he's, he's, he's he's solid. Solid. Riley Green, 
who also was very good at the end of the year. And yeah, I think Riley Green's gonna break out next year. And you have a kill Badu. So like this Colt Keith move is like they're setting the foundations of what's to come in Detroit. Y'all need to get ready because it is going to be a year. And Colt Keith, top prospect, you know, thank God they got rid of like the old regime and the old management because they probably would have nuked his swing like he, they knew everybody's swing two years ago. You know, he, he played in uh in the futures, he uh he played the futures last year and he was in uh, Toledo last year and he hit two eighty seven with thirteen home runs and fifty one RBIs. Yeah. He's in, I'm telling you, I mean, he's a top twenty two prospect in all of baseball. And I and you know, he has a good pedigree. He played in uh he played baseball in Arizona, high school baseball, then he went to go play in Biloxi. You know how difficult it is to play high school baseball in Mississippi. He was a Gatorade player of the year in Mississippi. So the yeah. Bulldogs are there. I'm saying great move. Um, I, I might even sprinkle some money on him for a rookie of the year. Wow. What are, my, what are my options? There's no other options in the AL. Well, there's, there's one big option in the American League. Who? A guy by the name of Mr. Jackson Holiday. Oh, yeah, but – do, is he going to be there? Yeah, I think so. You also, think- uh, Evan Carter is still technically a rookie. Wyatt Lankford from the yeah. Rangers. I mean, well, I mean, I think Cole Keith is going to for, be. Yeah, it's for what it worth. For what it's worth, it's not crazy because DraftKings has him at plus one thousand right now to win the Rookie of the Year award, which is <laughs> I think he's like seventh in odds right now. So that's not that crazy. There's not a lot of pressure up there in Detroit either, like. Like I'm, I, I have, I'm putting them up on a pedestal, but in reality, there's not much there. Like, can, can, can you guess who's the favorite in the National League to win the Rookie of the Year next year? Oh, easy. Y squared. Yep, Yamamoto. Yeah. Y squared. Yeah. yeah. You know, second, Jung Ho Lee from the Jung Giants. Yeah, but going back to the point, I love the move. I think it's going to be a really good looking move once we look back at it. Detroit's cooking something. I'm telling you. Okay. I think. Like, I think. Did, sorry. Yeah. And my, the future is bright. They got a, uh, they got the mini Harper. Max Clark. I can't wait for him to actually oh, make it. You love him, but I, I, you're just talking and I hope you guys clip this. William loves Max Harper. Pause. I can't wait for when Max Harper gets to the league and does something. And he's like, Oh, what the hell? This dude's like, and so it's just absolutely crapping on him. I just know. I just think he's going to be good for the sport because I think he does. It's going to be Huh? He's gonna be annoying. Yeah, I, I know. But I, think he, I don't know. I just think he's good with with his social media following. He's gonna bring a lot of eyes to the sport, hopefully. And he's yeah, go. He he's he's like the next Bryce Harper. I think that's a good comp. He's like um he's like Neil Mope. He's gonna be Mope Madison esque <laughs> on Instagram. He's like, not like Neil Mope. Yeah, he's not a shit sir, but like he has a he's bringing. You know, the thing that baseball doesn't have right now is like, you know, like NBA player workouts in the offseason, open gym. You <laughs> He's know, that. Everybody, every, everybody in like basketball is like, we'll have Devin Booker working out with freaking Jalen Brunson in the same gym in Miami that every kid goes yeah. to. Or they'll go to the same little gym in New York City on like a high rise and go 
play pickup and they'll drop a, they all have the same skills trainer and they'll take the video of them shooting jump shots and sweating yeah. shirtless, take the shirts off and just go with the little baby in the background or you know, post it to IG. Yep. And post it to IG created. It's the same thing with NFL where they're all working out on a field, catching balls at full speed and just doing workout vids. Like Max Clark's Instagram is littered with him. Like the funniest thing was, it was, I think it was like the other night. I was up at like two, three in the morning this week. I couldn't fall asleep, and I was just scrolling through Instagram, and it came up on my explore page. And it was Max Clark, you know, pulling up in a white and black uh, Stingray Corvette. Okay, mm-hmm. pulling a. He's driving it in the winter in Indiana to some warehouse. They open up the gates of the warehouse, and he actually goes and trains and hits balls. And he's there from like 8 a.m. to like 10 o'clock. And then there's a drone shot of him just speeding off in the Stingray. I'm oh, like, my gosh. I got I to gotta go check it out. I gotta yeah, go I, I got to send you that, yeah. All right. All right. What about – well, actually, I'll get my move that I don't like. And it's a quick one. But the Marlins arbitration with Jazz Chisholm. Uh, the Marlins won the case against their star player, uh, Mr. Chisholm Jr., the outfielder will now make $2.6 million this year instead of the $2.9 million that he wanted uh, him and his his reps were, were seeking. The case was settled on his 26th birthday as well. I just think it's a tough look whenever this happens. You know, these cheaper teams basically not willing to spend $300,000 extra to pay their star player for, for the next season. Uh, and I just think it's got to be awkward working for – like continuing to work. For the for the Marlins, after they basically are giving you all of these reasons why you're not worth that extra three hundred thousand dollars, sure, Jazz struggled with injury last year. Um, I still think he's one of the most fun players to watch in the league when he's healthy, uh, and he did an impressive job transitioning from second base to center field last year. I know we knocked the move when it happened, and it was rough at at first, but he did a really good job throughout the course of the season adjusting to life in center field, and he turned out to be a pretty solid center fielder for them last season. So. Uh, I don't know. I just think it's kind of a loss for the Marlins to to not pay him that extra 300K and kind of take care of your star guy in in arbitration. 2.9 might have been a little bit high. You know, industry experts were expecting him to make about 2.8 next year, but I don't know. It when for these you know billion dollar organizations, like what difference does it make? Pay him a little extra. My move that I I personally hate. Well, I'm saying. Tim Anderson hasn't been signed. Um, I kind of knew you were going to say that one, yeah. But you want to hear the new rumor that came out the other day I just read? Sure. Tim Anderson on the fine said said that Tim Anderson couldn't end up in the Marlins. If that happens. Oh, that would be so fun. Where would he play? Shortstop then? I don't care. I don't care. I would be at every game. I would get a jersey. I don't have many MLB jerseys. I would get a jersey. I would be the biggest Marlins fan ever. I'd be twerking on the stadium. I would be like, let's go. Like, we'd be like, why Tim Anderson? Like, that isn't my guy. But um, he's unsigned. But another that's not the one I'm gonna pick. We always talk about Tim. Whenever Tim gets signed, it's gonna be an emergency MLB podcast. By me talking about how Tim Anderson makes you a World Series contender, but um, I just hate Aaron Hicks going to the Angels. Oh boy, the Yankees have to pay a lot of that deal. By the way, the, the, I think like I, almost all of it. I don't. I don't have much to say. I think if you know, you know. The Angels are going nowhere. 
And Aaron Hicks is just the epitome of like I am going like I'm not doing anything. That was that was like peak Angels move. Peak Angels move. So yeah, didn't lo- didn't love that one. All I right. mean, what are the Angels doing? Like, what? Let's 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 talk about it. What are the Angels actually going for next year? I mean, Mike Trout's Mike Trout's. I haven't seen him at an Eagles game because the Eagles are out. So I bet you he's hurt. So I bet you he's. A, oh, I heard he's a him and Tiger are building a golf course. I think in Jersey. And they're calling it Trout National. Really? I didn't yeah. see that. Trout yeah. National. Look it up. Here, their projected lineup on Fangraphs right now. I don't want to. I would literally. I, I I want to save my ears and my head because I feel like I could feel. I feel like one of these teams that I'm going to go see tonight feels a better lineup than that, than that. Than that. <laughs> so that's a no. You don't want me to read it. Go ahead. Okay. So right now, Fangraphs has their projected lineup. Uh, this is against. Right-handed pitchers. So second base leading off Luis Renifo. Uh, second in center field, Mike Trout. Third DHing Brandon Jury. Third, or sorry, fourth and third base, Anthony Rendon. Fifth, left field, t- Taylor Ward. Sixth, right field, Mickey Moniak. Seventh catcher, Logan O'Hoppy, back healthy this year. First base and hitting eight, Logan Chanel. And ninth, Shortstop Zach Neto with Joe Adele and Aaron Hicks coming off the bench. But we pretty much said six through nine is the most promising part of the lineup. You think? Yeah, I mean, yeah. With, with, with Neto, Shanell, yeah. no, uh, that's the that's the only thing promising going for them. And then if they just nuke it with Trout, like they could be cooking. But of course, they won't do that. I don't know why. I, I, how many years? I'm just gonna look up how many. Oh, he's got. One, two, three, four, five, six, they, seven. He's got it. seven more years of control. Is he? Does can I ask you a hot take before we finish on a couple last topics? Yes. Um, you can call me crazy, but do you think he's declining? Last year he did, but there's injuries. Yeah. But like, is the decline coming? That's what I'm saying. I think That's- this is this is going to be a big season for him. That's what I'm saying. You 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 have to sell now. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on on him this year. I think this is not this is not Wall Street bets, not Diamond Hands. I don't know what that means. Diamond Hands is holding. You haven't seen the the, the movie and the whole documentary. No, it was uh actually it's a good watch. It's on Netflix for you listeners. It's called uh, Dirty Money. Oh, uh, dumb money. It's with uh Seth Rogen and um. And I think that's the only one I can remember right now. But it's pretty much about how this one guy, the whole Wall Street Bets uh, Reddit page, pretty much made a whole lot of money off the GameStop shorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen that. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've seen like the previous. All right. We got three more, three more spins, three more spins. And it's going. I don't know if you can hear it, but it lands on Theo Epstein. Back to Boston, not with the Red Sox organization specifically, but with their ownership group, Fenway Sports Group, uh, FSG. He's joining them as a part part owner and senior advisor 20 years after he delivered the Red Sox a World Series title. Uh, The size of his ownership and uh, his ownership stake and investment were not announced. Um, He is leaving the front office of MLB. He was a central figure in the development of their new playing rules and kind of the pitch clock this past season. Did a good job there. 
obviously helped the Cubs win a World Series in 2016. Um, comes a, at a needed time, I think, for Red Sox fans, considering they haven't done anything this offseason. The ownership group said they'd like to lower payroll again this year. They finished last in three of the last four seasons. Uh, times are bad if you're a Red Sox fan. They trade away Mookie Betts, obviously. I, I don't. It was announced that he's not going to have a say in um, roster decisions. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. But at least he's back in the fold if you're a Red Sox fan. It's got to be. That's a glimmer of hope. Yeah, it's a glimmer think, of hope. Exactly. I mean, Red Sox. FSG did have a part in the Mookie trade. If you think totally. about it, like they wanted the lower payroll. So who knows, man? I feel like I feel like baseball isn't isn't okay with the Red Sox being like they are. Yeah, I don't I don't know what FSG is doing to that team, but it's truly sad what they're doing to that team. Like, yeah, they've built up a a nucleus, but we need more seasoning on that chicken. Yeah, I think the Red Sox are kind of one of those teams where baseball is better and more interesting when they're good. It's like it's like it's like college football. College football isn't good if Texas. And Michigan aren't good. I think USC, you can put them into that mix as well. Even Miami, too. Yeah, they haven't been good in so long, though. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's truly tragic down here. Everybody's clamoring. Well, not everybody, because I don't I don't see Miami fans walking around that much. Yeah. They, 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 they hide. They hide. They, they have a they're, – they're chameleon. You know, they're like those snakes that have scales. And then, oh, boom, we're, we're, we're definitely some Hurricane fans. I'm like, when did you become a Hurricane fan? Oh, no, those days with Sean Taylor, Ray Lewis, and Ed Reed in the 2000s. And I'm like – Yeah, when they won the national championship, of course. I was like, yeah, but were you alive, dog? <laughs> <laughs> um, spin that wheel again. All right. Spinning that wheel. Second to last time here. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was in the news. Uh the past couple of days for some interesting comments that he had at Dodger Fest when he was talking to Spectrum Sportsnet LA, their, their broadcasting team. Uh, he said, quote, every game is going to be the other team's World Series. You know, what that, you know what that sounds like? You know what that sounds like? Wait, what? When LeBron says, not one, not two, not three. You think it sounds four. like that? It does. Wow. Okay. You, I, I, mean, I think – I think it's both of the board material for a lot of other teams. I just think it's so stupid. I just think, like, you already have enough heat. Why are you going to bring up more heat to yourself? But I also don't – yeah, that's that's. I can see both sides. I understand that part. I also like, what, what, what have the Dodgers done to accomplish to be put as the champions other than just splashing a boatload of money to players? What have they done to deserve that the, oh, this, they're at the World Series? Last time I checked – they got eliminated by the Arizona Diamondbacks in the divisional round, and the year before that, they they got eliminated before they even got to, like they didn't make the World Series for a team that's carrying Will Smith, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, and you don't get to the World Series, bruh. Yeah, you haven't accomplished anything. You literally I, I, they, well, obviously they won in 2020. I know it was the COVID shortened season. Um, I, I, he's not necessarily wrong. They're going to be the best team next year, probably. I understand. What, what, what have they done to accomplish being the best team? What have they done to deserve that title on the field? Well, they signed Otani. They signed the best player in the game. They signed it, but we don't even know how he's going to look. I know. It's like it, it's not 
this is not something like, oh, if it's not like two plus two plus two is six. And if I had a one, it'll be a seven for sure. It's not like, oh, we add Otani. Yeah, we expect to, but it's not guaranteed. Oh, we add Otani, we're going to be ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. I think it, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, they, I'm just saying, they have done nothing to deserve this. And they're already saying, oh, we're going to be the Teams World Series. I'm like, dog, you better be, you better actually hit. Because last time I checked in the in, in the playoffs, you want, there was like a missing poster. Like the police were looking out for you. <laughs> the Dodger fans were looking out for you. You went missing when your team wanted most. So before we start talking, I'm a, I'm a fan of yours, Mookie. And if you listen to the podcast, you probably don't. But if you're listening, like, I would just shut up and just go hit. And I'm not saying I mean, that in that sense because, like, you got to show up in those moments. Yeah, he's he was what second in MVP voting in the right like for last year. He's, I I was bro. I I was Mookie. You should be the MVP. I was on number one Mookie Mookie defender. He was my defense league last, last year. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, you're already going to be the best. You're you're building an Astros sort of aura, and I don't think they have those personalities on that team. Like the Astros, like. The Astros loved being the villain. Like, they actually were like, cool, we'll be it. And they actually didn't talk. They were like, all right, they're going to put us like this. We're going to go and ball. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting season for the Dodgers for sure. And then the last spin of the wheel, and we end the podcast with this kind of sad note. Uh, Je- well, definitely sad. Jackie Robinson statue. Uh, firefighters found – Burned pieces of bron- uh, a bronze Jackie Robinson statue in a trash can Tuesday, uh, five days after the statue was cut off its base and stolen from a Wichita, Kansas park. Uh, the fire department in Wichita there said that the, state, the statue probably won't be salvageable. Um, and, you know, the statue was installed at a baseball complex inside Wichita's McAdams Park in 2021, which uh, is by the League 42 Foundation, a youth, ba- youth baseball league in Wichita named for Robinson's number. Uh, um, you know, good news is uh, Bob Lutz, the founder and CEO of League 42, said that bra- a brand new statue will be made that looks exactly like the old one. And there was a GoFundMe campaign to replace the statue. Um, and, and, and they've raised as of Tuesday, so almost a week ago now, 20K of its 100K goal. Um, but, you know, the firefighters are saying maybe people cut this down to uh, sell the bronze, like, you know, for salvage the bronze and, and sell it off. Um, the the motive remains unknown. They're doing an investigation there, but kind of just some sad news, um, and kind of gives us an excuse to just talk about how great Jackie Robinson was. Read through some of these stats because I think Jackie Robinson, you know, everyone talks about him breaking the color barrier, obviously deservedly so. I think people underrate just how good of a player he was. They don't talk about the player; they more talk about what he did off the field. Of course, obviously he's. You know, historical figure and uh, a pioneer. He was in the he was in the military too. He was an American, a true good old American. But I I think like dude, he was a really really good baseball player. Nineteen forty nine world, uh, sorry, nineteen forty nine MVP. Uh, he was a seven time All Star. He won Rookie of the Year. He won a batting title uh, in in nineteen forty nine. The year he won MVP, uh, led the league in you know multiple stat categories throughout the course of his career. Um, 200 stolen bases on his career, Hall of Famer, obviously, won the 1955 World Series, ended his career with a 313 average, um, and 
141 home runs alongside, like I said, 200 stolen bases. Uh, he is like underrated all time in terms of talent, in my opinion. He was a great player. And he did all of that while literally his life was being threatened. Like, there, you know, there's no other player. Well, there are other players, uh, other players that came over and, and broke barriers that, that faced the same issues, but they didn't put up numbers like Jackie Robinson did. And, you know, I think he is an underrated player of all time. That That's why I wanted to bring this up. It is a sad story, but I think it gives us a reason to talk about just how good of a player he was as well. Despicable behavior by whoever did it. Hope they get jailed up. Yeah, it's bad. It's really, it's gross. Um, yeah. You got anything else? Any, any other notes you want to hit before we get out here today? From training tomorrow, reports next week, Valentine's Day. From training reports, man. I cannot wait. I will be tuned in more than ever. Yeah. We're going to start. We're going to be getting the, the reels and the Instagram posts from MLB's account of, of teams arriving, and you're going to start getting that feeling. You're probably going to get that itch tonight at the game. Hey, man, I'm ready to go. I might have a dog. Pause. A hot dog? Yeah. Not a dog. Not that way, but you eat a dog. But, you know, I don't know. I got I got to figure it out. All right, man. Well, you got anything else before we get out? Nah, man. You ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. That was another fun one. Um, the first edition of the Wheel of Baseball. Hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back next week uh, for another MLB-related podcast. Hopefully some some more moves happen because it was quite honestly quite the week with the, the Orioles and the Jorge Polanco trade and, and all of this stuff. So fun pod. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Peace out.